This is Secrets of the Most Productive People, a productivity podcast where we work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done. I'm Fast Company Assistant Editor Anissa Purbasari Horton. And I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor Kate Davis. This week, we're talking about job interviews and we're also going to answer some of the questions that you've asked us. How do you answer some of the most common questions? And also, very importantly, what questions should you ask at the end of your interview? So, okay, in your job interview experience, was there a particular question that stumped you? Many years ago, I interviewed for a position at a science magazine, and I didn't do enough research, and I just kind of wasn't prepared, which is the number one, you know, advice mm-hmm. for interviews is do your research ahead of time. And I was asked some kind of uh, technical questions, and I knew right then and there that I was bombing it, like, big time. And the hiring manager also knew, and we were both just, like, sitting there like well, this is not going to happen. I don't know like how we even ended it, but it was awkward and it was like, yeah, I did not get that job. I feel like that's a very common mistake and everyone's probably made the mistake of not preparing enough at least once in their life. So, And I did okay with my life after that. So how about you? Did you make a mistake like that or? Yeah, it was like a question that stumped me. And to be honest, I still don't know what the question was trying to say. So I remembered it was one of the jobs I interviewed out of college. And one of the interviewers asked me if he were to offer me this position, what would worry me? And like, that's a weird phrasing. It's a really weird phrasing. And to be honest, you know, like I was a new college grad. So if I was really being honest about what I was worried about, I was just worried about just starting (laughs) a new job in a professional world because it's a really scary transition. And I honestly don't remember what I said because I think everything up to that point had been going well. And this was clearly the question where I blew it because I didn't get that job. But yeah, it was just one of those ones where to, to this day, I'm still like, what are they trying to get at? Like, are they asking me my weaknesses? What challenges? But I don't know. What would worry you? You should have been like global warming. <laughs> it was like totally unrelated. So job interviews can be tricky and awkward. And everybody, I think, I hope, has messed up at some point, either on the, the interviewee side or the interviewer side. So we asked some colleagues of ours and some of our listeners to share some of their job interview horror stories. We did, and they delivered. Here's what they have to say. I had gone to an interview it seemed to be going well. The person that was interviewing me, he was in a rush. So he had his sandwich with him. He had a baguette with him. And as we were leaving, kind of on the stairs, I reached out to go shake his hand. And instead of shaking his hand, I shook the baguette. We both looked at each other like, oh, my God, we need this interaction to end. And there was just mayonnaise all over my hand. So I, I literally just bolted out of there and smeared mayonnaise down that banister. But I got the job. I can't, oh my God. I can't stop laughing at the instead of shaking his hand, I shook, I shook the, the baguette. baguette. Pick a more appropriate interview food. <laughs> <laughs> shook the baguette. I'm just going to think about that for a while. All right, so here's another one. Let's see if it can live up to shook the baguette. Send everything in, get a call. This is great. Then I get a call a day later. Oh, no, that job's been filled. I'm like, okay. I get a call two hours later. Actually, no, we want you to come in and interview for the job. I was wrong. So that was kind of really off-putting. But I was like, you know what? People make mistakes, benefit of the doubt. And so I was like, all right, fine. I did a phone interview. The phone interview was was pretty standard. I get another email. You know what? The job's not open now. We're going to reorg the department. So that job is now kind of up in the air. I'm like, all right. I went through, jumped through all these hoops. So I had like three phone interviews. I got ghosted. 
I mean, okay, not that I'm saying that this is appropriate, but I just want to preface by saying I know people are really busy and interviews are time-consuming, but that to me just seems really unprofessional. And it's so unfair on the candidate. Okay, so I'm really trying hard to give benefit of the doubt to all of the employers in these situations. But if somebody takes the time to come in, either a phone interview or in person, and it doesn't work out, like it literally takes 30 seconds to send an email that just says, thanks for coming in. We've decided to go in a different direction. You know, if you don't have an answer, you should at least tell the candidate that you don't know what's going to happen. And so you leave it to them to either wait or pursue a new opportunity. So that's an interviewing experience that I hope very few people have. Kate, what can our listeners generally expect when it comes to job interviews? If a hiring manager likes the look of your cover letter and resume and LinkedIn profiles, your online presence, as we've talked about before, <laughs> it's usually the next step to follow up to see if you'll be a good fit. Right. And the format, setting and questions you get will probably depend on your industry, the size of your company and also the kinds of jobs you apply for. Some companies like doing phone screeners before they bring them in to meet the hiring manager. And for some reason, every time I've had to do this, They've never, they never give me a warning, which is kind of annoying. So I'll be like, you know, going about my day in the middle. Of oh, <laughs> oh, they like, and then I'll be like, hey, this is hiring manager for this company. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks for the warning. That's a bold move because nobody answers their phone anymore. They were just like, oh, can we just do like a t- quick 10 minute interview? And it's like, okay, sure. I'm in the middle of the day, but <laughs> you don't really have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I know other companies though completely skip the phone screening step and they just bring you in straight away when they like you and you sit down to a formal interview. Right. And hopefully you know who you're sitting down to a phone interview with and you hopefully know that you're going to get a a phone call, but you don't always know beforehand who you're going to meet. And although a good hiring manager would tell you this information ahead of time. Yeah. And you also don't know the questions that they're going to ask. Although there are some questions, I'm sure that you feel this way as well, Kate, that you tend to get asked over and over again. Should we go through what they are and what those questions are trying to achieve? Yes, we should. Okay, so the very first one is the good old standard. I think I've probably started off almost all of my interviews this way. It's uh, tell me about yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Yes, the classic. And according to a LinkedIn VP, this is actually supposed to be a softball question that's just designed to make the candidate comfortable. Because the thing is, a, a job interview, if you think about it by design, is not a comfortable situation the candidate knows they're going to be judged. So, you know, it's really hard to be completely relaxed, even though it's not really in the interest of the hiring manager to make it that way, but sometimes the nature of it just is. And so the whole point of this question is to get the candidate to open up and hopefully show their true self. Yeah, you know, I try when I interview people to have it be as much of a conversation as possible. Yeah, Yeah, that question, the tell me about yourself is, I mean, this sounds kind of obvious, but it's not... And you should not tell your life story. No, you should not with like I was born. I was born in, or even keep it to the parts that are relevant to the job. So you know, maybe things like, well, you know, I I always wanted to be a journalist. I moved to New York after college. I Mm -hmm. got my first magazine job, and then from there, blah 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 blah. Yeah, and I think it's this question is kind of like a warm up to the so what attracted you to this position. And I know that based from what I remember. Of all the job interviews I've been to, every single interview have always asked me this question. What attracted you to the job? Yeah. 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 And yeah, if you're doing it right, if you do the tell me about yourself right, you kind of set that up. 
Sometimes you kind of like the version of your life story that you're telling them is like, it all led me here. Exactly. Yes. So that's how you should structure anyway. Yeah. And I mean, as a hiring manager, you definitely want to know the the person's motivations and that they align with the role and align with, with your company because, you know, if they don't, that can cause problems down the line. And HR managers have also told us that it's a way for them to gauge whether or not a candidate understands what the job really entails. So if they're talking about, you know, what really led me here was my enthusiasm for this. And like, that's not the job at all. Exactly, like they don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as a candidate, it pays to be specific to show that you do understand it. For example, if the job is something that requires you to do something that you don't have a lot of experience in, but you know, you can pick it up quickly. Telling the interviewer that you're interested in learning more about X or Y census signal that you're interested and you're committed and that even if you're not experienced, you could still be a good employee. Okay, so here's another one that stumps people a lot. It's very common. Where do you see yourself in five years? Okay, so I want to preface that I hate this question, but (laughs) I do understand why hiring managers asked it. I think... It's in their interest to find out. And career experts have told us that there are sort of two ways to look at it. So one is rooted in good intentions, which is that the hiring manager genuinely wants to know whether or not this job is a fit for your long-term career aspirations and whether there's actually an opportunity in the company for you to grow because they're a good manager and they know that that's what they need to do to retain good employees, which is good for business, blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, for example, if your dream is to be a generalist, but this job puts you in track to be a specialist, that it's probably good to know at the outset. The other way to look at it is that hiring managers want to understand what you expect and whether you have a realistic expectation of what the role entails. So for example, if you're an early level employee and you have goals to be a VP in three to five years, they might see it as you're ambitious or that you're delusional, (laughs) depending on the company. And so it's a way for the hiring manager to explore that a little more. You know, this maybe goes without saying, but you should never say, well, I want your job. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, sh- I will be doing your job in five years. But yeah, I think that you're right in that you do want a certain level of ambition. It's a fine line to walk to not sound arrogant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you want to see, okay, well, what do, do they want to just do? Like, it's probably not realistic. Like, I want to be doing exactly this in five years. Again, you should always be thinking about like what the company needs Mm -hmm. and like what does the company need in five years and over time i think i've learned that for me the best way to answer this question is to focus on what you would want to do rather than what position you want Mm -hmm. to be in because you know you could express the kind of projects you want to take on a specific type of campaign or you want to be like a domain expert in something and i feel like that kind of shows the level of ambition that you are talking about Mm -hmm. but it's not saying you don't come off as power hungry So some listeners have sent us their questions from the front lines of the job hunt. They have. And if you want your questions answered on Secrets of the Most Productive People, tweet at us with the hashtag FCMostProductive or leave us a voicemail at 201-371-FAST. That number is also in our show notes. Okay, so let's start with a voicemail. I'm wondering what your advice is for handling a phone interview when it's only a 30-minute interview maybe with one person and you don't really get to talk about the breadth of your experience. Thank you. Bye. Well, so hopefully it's not like your screeners where you're like in line at, you know, Starbucks like, or yeah. something. Um, hopefully you're, you're prepped for it. And if you're prepped for it, you know, yeah, you can't probably tell them everything you want in 30 minutes. Probably, I think, in my experience, the initial phone screeners, 
most of the time are with HR, and yeah, not the hiring usually, manager. Yeah, it's usually with HR. So in those circumstances, the HR manager is doing that initial screen. So they're making the pot of candidates for the hiring manager smaller. Mm-hmm. And so they're just, they don't, they're not going to know um, the in-depth in and out of the role like the hiring manager will. So you yeah. don't need to get into like the nitty gritty details of your expertise. It's you really want to make sure that you check the boxes that they are looking for. Like, does this person's qualifications meet the job description? You know, it's a short amount of time, but answer their questions as like clearly and concisely as possible. Yeah, I will say that I think after kind of getting the, you know, unprompted calls about two or three times in a row, I'm like, okay, I should probably have a pitch ready just in case Mm -hmm. this happens to me. Because I think this was when I was graduating from grad school. And I found that the ones based on kind of what got me through the next stage, it was just making it clear what my added value was Mm -hmm. to the company and then finding a way to include that in my anecdotes. So again, they will probably ask you, tell me a little bit of yourself or take me through your resume. And I would highlight on the most important stuff. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't focus on things that aren't really necessarily important to the job. And probably they want to see how aligned you are. So have you had other roles that sound very similar or that sound like the next steps to this role? Um, Yeah, basically like the the skeleton of how qualified you are for it. Yeah. And I know that I think I'm from people who are doing this when they're between jobs, like if they're thinking about changing, one of the things that needs to be clear for the recruiter is why you're actually interested in moving. Like they seem to care about that. Mm-hmm. They're looking, like I said, to narrow the the pool of candidates. So they're mm-hmm. looking for reasons, red flags of, of why to put you in the other pile too. So yeah, address any of those that might come up, like especially if you've had a, a gap, you know, mm-hmm. where you weren't working or if you've been freelancing for a long time or something like that. So this one came from Twitter. We love this uh, Twitter handle, Yes Cats Purr, uh, using the hashtag FC Most Productive. They asked us, "What do you do if your interviewer asks you what your greatest weakness is?" So this is one of everybody's favorite questions. I know. Right? I'm an overachiever. I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> I'm so hard on myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, not those. Yeah, don't not answer, that. Don't, don't not say those. that. Have you been asked this a lot? Yeah. So this question, I used to get it a lot uh, in the very early stages of my career, especially when I was just graduating from college. I think the interviewers kind of know that when you're at that stage, you don't have a lot of experience. So they kind of have to resort to behavioral questions. And, you know, I've discussed this with my former bosses who have said that really he really hated it when some people were not honest about their weaknesses or didn't want to admit it because he actually preferred people who were aware. And I think that the best way is to be strategically honest, I guess, is the way. And I think the key that I've always I've always approached, and you can tell me if you agree with this, Kate, is to be honest and tell them how you're working to improve it. For example, I might say something like, you know, I sometimes get flustered under pressure. And because I know this about myself, I have changed how I work so that I can manage it better in these situations. And since I've done that, this is how it's improved. Obviously, it's a work in progress. But I know that because that's something that I'm prone to, this is the mechanism I've developed to make sure that it doesn't affect my work or something like that. That's a great way to frame it. It shows honesty, you know, like clearly you're not, you know, giving some BS answer of like, I'm a perfectionist. And it also shows that self-awareness. And it shows that like, 
the strategic way to answer this question, people always say, is to take the weakness and turn it into a strength. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of doing that there, but not in the real overt way. So you're turning it into a strength by saying, I'm the type of person that has identified my weaknesses and is working on them. Exactly. The other um, wrong way that people can answer this is, you know, the obviously the, the one that's fake is saying, like, I'm, I'm too a much of a perfectionist yeah. or whatever, is if you're not prepared and you don't think in that way, that kind of strategic way, yeah. you can just like be flustered and answer too honestly and really exactly. kind of screw yourself over yeah. by saying something like I'm really bad with deadlines you know yeah. <laughs> like like uh, you know like, yeah not not the most impressive thing to admit no so i personally don't ask this question mm -hmm. when I interview people. I don't ask them what their weaknesses is, but I ask a version of it, which is, I feel like, a little less tricky and tries to get at the thing that you were just talking about and maybe is a helpful way for people to frame the question to themselves is, tell me about a time that you made a big mistake and what, you know, what you did. Yeah. Another helpful way to think about framing it when someone asks you that is, are there things that, you know, are you actively working to improve or things that you would like to develop? Because, I feel like that's kind of the same thing, really. When when they're talking about your weaknesses, it's obviously with regards to the particular job that you're applying for, and they obviously want to know if you're doing anything to rectify, you know, anything that could Im negatively impact your performance. This question is also from Twitter at Kelly A Soul. Hey, hashtag FC Most Productive. When interviewing, what's the best way to answer a question that's probing whether you're looking elsewhere for jobs? I think just be straight. I mean, it's not a date. They're not asking you, like, are you seeing other people? You yeah. know, it's like it's OK to look for another job when you're looking for a job. Exactly. You know? Especially if you're not currently employed, if you're like actively out on the job market. Yeah. You should be looking for more than one job. I mean, yes, it's a little awkward, but what the interviewer is trying to get at is totally valid is is like, you know, are you how far along are you in the process with other places? Mm -hmm. Are you looking to make a move really soon? Are you just kind of putting out feelers? Are you only applying to this job because you're really, really interested in this and you're happy where you are? Yeah. I think you can just be honest. Like, you know, I'm looking because it also kind of gets at the question, like, why? Why this job? Yeah. Why are you looking? You know, and you could say. I'm actually not actively looking. I'm really happy at my current mm -hmm. job, but this particular role really spoke to me or it's time for me to make a move and I you know, have a couple of other interviews set up or I'm actively looking. Yeah, I mean, I get that some people find it really awkward to just say yes straight up. So there's a way to answer that where you can say something like, I'm looking for opportunities that would allow me to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And that way you're implying that you're looking for other jobs, but you're not saying, yes, I am. You're well, not the only and, one. <laughs> and you can probably at some point in the interview, you're going to turn it around on them and ask them where they are in the hiring process. That's you true. know, so you can say, well, where I am in my process is I'm just starting out. Um, you know, I'm exploring my options, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And then you ask them later, you know, so where are you in the process? And they, they'll say, you know, you're one of our first interviewers, we probably or interviewees, we probably will take another month to decide. Yeah, it's know. a two way conversation. Exactly. Remember that. <laughs> exactly. You can ask questions too. And yes. You should. <laughs> yes. So here's another voicemail of a question that a lot of listeners might have. Hey, my name is Russell, um, and my question is, I've always been told to ask questions at the end of interviews that I go on. Um, what does that mean? What is, is there a benefit to this? Does it help me out? And if so, what are some questions I should ask? Thank you. 
Yes, this is very important. I think maybe early in my career, that was one of the things I didn't know to do. Mm -hmm. And I certainly have interviewed people who have not had questions, and it is a huge red flag. It is. I feel like this is kind of an interview question in itself, is that they're trying to figure out how much research you've done about the company. Because I feel like in successful interviews is when I've gone above and beyond and looked at the company and where they are. And it's a question that's, you know, beyond my role. So it's like maybe in terms of like, you know, I ask about what they're planning as a company or as a department and I ask them about sort of strategic directions that they're going into and then I feel like that has been what has gotten me positive response. Yeah, I have a couple of pieces of advice for it. One is definitely prepare in advance, write down a few questions in advance so your mind doesn't go blank and you forget all of that research you did. Mm-hmm. Two, I've always been really impressed when the people that I have interviewed have taken notes during the interview. You know, the person interviewing you takes notes probably. You should take notes too. And maybe something that they said while they were interviewing you sparked another question. Yes. And then you have a follow-up one and it shows you were really paying attention, really engaged. Also, you don't have to wait to the end to ask questions. Like mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. it's not like a one an interrogation, you know, where you can only ask questions at the end. So If it's going well and it's a good conversation, you probably already asked a bunch of questions throughout the interview itself, but you should have some prepared. Um, They should definitely be like big picture strategic ones like you talked about. Um, Look at their website, have questions maybe about like, oh, why are you organized in this way? Or I noticed this about it. And, you know, have you, are you thinking of like, what's your future plans for whatever? It's also a place that it's totally fine to ask those like culture questions. I don't think this is really career related. This is more kind of my own personal, for my own personal due diligence. I always ask them why they picked to get the role that they did, why they moved over to that company. Oh, from their previous. So you look up what they did before. Yeah, or like what attracted you to this role? I mean, I I know that some people have been promoted, blah, 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 but I'm always curious as to what attracted them to the company because that's another way I feel like to kind of get at what the culture is like without outright asking them what the benefits and pay and Mm -hmm. stuff is like. This episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People is brought to you by Citrix. We're obsessed with staying sharp in our careers. So is Citrix. That's why Citrix is bringing you Productivity Confidential. These bonus episodes cover the latest insights into things like remote work, artificial intelligence, and workplace wellness to unlock creativity and productivity at your workplace. Find it wherever you find Secrets of the Most Productive People. Learn more at fastcompany.com slash Citrix. So right now, it's time to press pause and get your pen ready because you might want to write this down. Three ways to make a good impression at a job interview. Number one, build rapport and relationships with everyone you meet during the interview process. That includes the receptionist, the team member who spoke to you while you were waiting, and of course, your interviewer. Remember that everyone you interact with is forming their first impression of you, even when your interview hasn't officially started. Number two, have anecdotes and statistics ready. If you listened to our previous episode, you know that the more you can quantify your achievements, the better. Make sure you can articulate this in your interviews as well. The interviewer might have glanced at your resume, but an interview is your opportunity to remind them why your experience and achievements makes you a perfect candidate for this role. Number three, ask smart questions. It's a red flag when a candidate doesn't have any questions at the end of an interview because it can give off the impression that they're not interested in the role. When you ask specific questions, that tells the hiring manager that you've put a lot of time and effort into learning more about the company, which is a characteristic that any manager would want to see in an employee. And 
And that's it for this episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People. We want to hear your career questions for future episodes. What are you struggling with on your job hunt? What's the career question that has you stumped? Leave us a voicemail at 201-371-FAST. That's 201-371-3278. And we will find an expert to answer your questions. Again, that number is 201-371-3278. Or you can tweet us your question with the hashtag FCMostProductive. Next episode, we'll be talking about how to follow up after a job interview and how to negotiate your salary. If this episode was helpful in your job search, please let us know. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can follow Fast Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Secrets of the Most Productive People is produced by Daniel Roth.